We are in Sheep Talk, which is our series on the words of your mouth and the power of the words of your mouth, confession. Confession is homologeo, which means to say the same thing as the word of God, homo being same and logeo being the logos, the word of God, the written word of God, what God has said, not what God um, is necessarily currently saying, which is rhema. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God or the word spoken to you that's real at the moment or the word that's revealed by God. And so God still speaks today and he reveals today and he he wants to show us things and he wants to open up himself to us. And he has revealed himself through his words. But if you take the words of God and treat them as the words of a normal, natural man. You'll read things that are amazing, but not have a lot of life that's different from your own life in your life. That's a lot of life. (laughs) Jesus talked about abundant life, so you know. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Don't you want to grab hold of some of the thoughts of God? What if you could think a thought after God? But what if you could actually think it the way God thinks it? In other words, God is a spirit And they that worship him or draw near to him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Romans chapter 8, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So God is going to, first thing, first way he communicates with us Spirit to spirit. Paul even said over in Corinthians, uh, we taught you comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. In other words, if you're going to receive from God, you're going to receive something in your spirit first. God will communicate to you spirit to spirit. So when I'm reading the word, I'm not really so much looking for a bunch of head knowledge. What I'm looking for is what's happening down on the inside in my spirit. And I want to know, like, if I'm searching for an answer, I want to know, like, am I looking at what God wants me to look at? Because I know he said, I will lead you and I will guide you. Actually, Psalm 18 says, I will light your candle. The Lord my God has lit my candle. I will run through a troop and jump over a wall. In other words, I'll do things that I could not do without my candle being lit. He says also, Psalm 18, he will enlighten your darkness. He's just learning to speak. Fenton there, every time I pray or preach, he likes to speak. So he's actually demonstrating. You know, one of the greatest, 
one of the greatest uh, things that I have seen um, serving the Lord when believers come together is you have someone ministering the word of God and you get light and revelation. Do you know in some form, shape, or fashion, that is the moment to act? Because at that moment, resurrection power is available to accomplish that that the Holy Ghost has just shown you. And sometimes I think we, we, we hear it and we think, well, even in our type of church, you think, well, like, okay, the basic format is lecture style, and so I will sit here quietly and listen, and they will be up there and say something. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood, she came in the press behind, and she's like, I am getting what I came for. And she pushed through people, so much so that when Jesus said, hey, power just went out of me, who touched me? The disciples are like, I don't know, it didn't say that they giggled, but I think they'd be like, <laughs> Jesus, you expect us to know, like with all these people touching you, who of course somebody touched you, like a lot of somebody's just touched you. He said, but this touch was different. This touch activated resurrection power. And when resurrection power is activated, resurrection life comes. And that life will raise anything from the dead. I mean, when Jesus himself was raised, do you remember like prophets of old, people of old, got up out of their graves and walked around the city of Jerusalem? I mean, resurrection power. The power of the, power of the resurrection. Mm. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. In other words, empty with nothing but it will accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. You know why I wanted to start with that verse? Because I didn't have it in my notes. <laughs> and it came up in my spirit. That's really honestly why. And um, the reason is because when you speak the word of God out of your mouth, if you speak it with this consciousness, it'll have effect. In other words, just because I say something at this immediate moment doesn't mean that I actually see natural things turn at that immediate moment. They may. But if I'm speaking the word of God, then I know that he's watching over his word to perform it. And so I know, like A.B. Simpson, his healing testimony that I love so much, he said at that moment, once he studied two weeks, every scripture concerning healing, and he had it so solid before him that he couldn't see that healing wasn't part of the redemption. He's like, you know, he, and he wrote, you know, three points in his little declaration. He, he wrote his declaration, and then he said it. 
And my favorite part of his declaration was, he said, I have come to see that according to the word of God, that healing of the body as, as much, is as much part of the redemption plan of God and work of Christ as salvation for the soul. And he said, so from this day forward, I declare that I am healed. And then here's, here's what I loved. He said, I don't know whether my body felt any different at that moment or not. I know I didn't care because I knew God had it in his hands. And if he had it in his hands, it is done. So then he started acting on that. And then he was with some ministers and they wanted to climb a mountain. And so, you know, his uh, thoughts came to his head. Well, if you climb this mountain, you're going to die. Like your heart's just going to like have a heart attack and you're going to die. And he said, I started to take steps up this mountain. And it wasn't a big mountain. It was like an Appalachian mountain. And so he started taking steps up these mountains, uh, up the mountain. And he said he started to get symptoms worse. But he just said, uh, I, I thank the Lord that I am healed according to the word of God. And he said, by the time he got to the top of the mountain, he said every symptom was gone. He was completely healed. He had plenty of energy and never again did that come back on him. Hallelujah. So the devil challenged you. I mean, Jesus went to cast the devil out of that little boy and what happened? He commanded that devil to come out of that boy and the next thing that happened after Jesus said, come out, it says the devil threw that young boy on the ground. That was Jesus speaking. So really, if you're going to walk by faith, you're going to walk by faith and not what you see. Have you ever heard the stories of Wigglesworth? I mean, Brother Hagin, the first time he, I'm not going to tell you Wigglesworth right now. Brother Hagin, the first time he went to an insane asylum, his mother was insane. He used to have to, when he was a little boy, he used to have to keep the butcher knife from her because she'd try to kill herself. She let stress come on her and and, uh, got all eaten up with it and, and, uh, and uh, then the only way she got out of that, she got out by faith. But anyhow, um, he, uh, so he was not really wanting to minister to people with mental issues because <laughs> it brought back memories from him when he'd have to like, it was scary as a little kid, you know, trying to stop your mother from committing suicide. And um, so he went in there and uh, ministered to this lady. And, uh, you know, she's like climbing all over the walls. They said like, she'll kill you if you go in there. And so he went in there and uh, ministered to her and then uh, left and like she didn't look any different. And they said, well, Brother Hagen, well, you know, I thought, you know, pray. He's like, what of it? He said, I spoke the word of faith. And he said, she is free. And Wigglesworth would say all the time, like, yeah, there's one story I was reading the other day about this guy that he's like, you know, you're a fake, you're a fraud, you know, and he comes to the service and Brother Wigglesworth prays for him and says, you're healed. He couldn't speak good English. So he said, you're healed. You're healed. You are healed. <laughs> so the man went home. No difference in his body. Came back the next night and stood up in the middle of the meeting and said, I want to tell everybody. I want everybody to know this man is a fake and a fraud and a liar because he prayed for me last night, said I was healed and I'm not healed. Wigglesworth said, didn't miss a beat. He said, you know what your problem is? You don't know that you are healed. You know what happened? All of a sudden, his body changed, 
and then he said he's healed. So he got healed on Wordsworth's faith and not on his own faith. <laughs> but the point is, if you're going to wait till the circumstances all line up to say what the word of God says about your situation, well, then you'll never have what the word of God promises. You'll never have like the cream of the crop or the icing on top. Do you understand? Like you'll just kind of have whatever... Um, minister said to me one time when I was on a mission trip over in the, in the Philippines, actually it's Pastor Mark Hankins, and he said, um, he said, a lot of people only have faith as far as reason will allow or as far as reason will take them. What does that mean? Well, as long as it makes sense, I will believe. Well, then you'll only ever have what makes sense. But as we just read, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher, and my ways are higher. So look a little higher. So, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It'll accomplish the thing that I sent it to. So that's how we need to believe about our words when we're speaking God's words that those words will accomplish the thing that we sent them to accomplish. That those the words will do what they're supposed to do. All right. Oh, thank you, Lord. There's so much here, I'm trying to decide where to go. But I'm going to go right here. We'll pick up where we, where we left off last week. So, um, faith or trusting God, or believing God. In other words, that's the Greek word pistis, or it's pistios, I don't even know how to say it if you're saying to believe. Like if you look in the Gospel of John, it's, it's, he says all the time, believe, believe. They believed and believed and believed. Well, that is the active form of pistis, of faith, where you read faith. Faith is a noun, um, believe is a verb. I remember sitting in high school English class thinking, I really don't want, I'm really not planning to use this at any point in the future. I don't really enjoy writing. I, you know, this is just not my class. Like, you know, I cannot wait till this is over. I know enough now. I really don't need to know anymore. I didn't enjoy reading that much. And so now I enjoy reading. I enjoy writing. And I love to study language and grammar because it really makes a big difference in understanding the word of God. So I think the Lord has a sense of humor. You know, in your own pride, you can make a lot of decisions and you just think like, uh, I don't want this. Mm. So faith, in order to be faith, in order to believe, you actually have to take an action. And the action that you're taking, the, the, the part of faith that you're, you're doing, when you are believing God, by its very definition, that means that you are not uh, believing other things. So you can't be, you know, if you try to like, should I do this illustration? <laughs> if you try to like believe God and believe the world, you'll like be crucified. <laughs> You'd just be in a mess. <laughs> you can't. Jesus even said that. You know, if you're after the things of the world, mammon, what the world has to offer, the world's ways, and the things of God, you're either going to love one and hate the other, cling to one and flee from the other. So, so you're not doing both. 
And so when you are believing God, trusting God, looking to God in a situation, having pistis in God or faith in God, that means that you are turning away from other things. In order to have faith in God, you have to turn away. That's why people get confused. Some people, they talk about salvation. And some people say, well, you just have to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. And other people say, well, you have to do that, but let me just add something to it. You have to repent. And so then people have these arguments of what you have to do. Well, that's another scripture that says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you remember when Jesus corrected the Pharisees because they're always like going to the little like jot and tittle little markings like he's like y'all it's like the spirit of the law not the letter of the law what are you doing if you try to stick to the letter of the law you're going to go into works and you cannot receive favor from God by your works so that'll actually keep you out of the favor of God so the reality is, like, uh, you know, you look at multiple sides of a mountain, the view is going to be different all the time. Well, the reality is, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, if you're saying Jesus is my Lord, you are, by definition, repenting from other things. Okay, so I have this 10-volume dictionary that you all know I love the dictionary. See, that's another thing. I did not like the dictionary. <laughs> so in faith is contained trust, hope, fear, and obedience. You know, fear we talked about a few weeks ago. Fear is your reaction to something that you encounter that's of greater force than yourself. So that can be like you're afraid of a, a, a snake or it can be like you're afraid of God, but you don't really use, we don't use the word afraid. It's just like you're in awe of him. You've encountered a force that's greater than yourself. That's what, that's what he's, the dictionary is talking about here. So in that, it actually contains that we are overcoming both anxiety, worry, fears, and self-confidence. So in other words, if I'm going to act in faith, of course for salvation, but it's the same faith for healing. It's the same faith for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's the same faith for provision. It's the same faith for knowledge and understanding. It's the same faith for flowing with the Spirit of God and living by the Word. It's the same faith. In other words, both of those, all of that, we have to overcome or turn away from anxiety and self-confidence. It says here, faith is a daring decision for God. Why is it a daring decision? Well, because at that moment, it feels like, you know, because you're thinking in your head all these thoughts, all these feelings are coming, I feel, I feel, I feel. And in that moment, you're saying, I don't care what I feel. This is what I believe. Amen. What do you do? Well, in that moment, the best thing in the world that you could possibly do is lift your voice yeah. like Paul did in the ship that they all thought was going down and 
was going down. What did he do? He said, hey, everybody, be of good cheer. They're probably like, seriously? Why? I believe God. He put his words out. Now, I was not there with him, so I don't know why he did that. But I can imagine if I was in that situation and an angel of the Lord had appeared to me and said, there's going like, to be a lot of trouble with this voyage, but your lives will be saved and everybody on board, their lives will be saved, but you know, all the stuff on board, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone. And the ship's also going to be lost. That when it started to look like, no, we are actually going to die as well. That I'm going to take the word of the Lord and because, because this is how faith works and I am going to speak the word of the Lord. I'm going to say, be of good cheer. I believe God. It's going to be exactly the way he said it. Amen. Why? Because now I spoke those words so now it's real in my life. So now that has to come to pass. Because I didn't come up with that. That came from God. Those words came from God. I didn't come up with that. So because God said it, then I could say it. And he, why did he say it? He said it to me. How did he say it to me? The angel of the Lord. Well, what's the difference in that? And faith comes by hearing the rhema of God. So all of a sudden, God speaks to your own heart through the word of God concerning a situation or concerning a scripture. But you know, you could sit there on the ship and not declare what God spoke to you about in your heart. I don't know for you. I, I can just speak for me. When I'm in the midst of that situation, when I lift my voice in the middle of tears streaming down my cheeks and pressure and everything else that says, you're failing, it's not going to work, it's going to fail, and I say, oh no, I've used that scripture. Uh, wherefore, I believe God. And I declare in the name of Jesus that it will be the way that God said it shall be. Yeah. You know, that one time I told you about a while ago when I was uh, attacked on my bed. And I, I didn't even know, uh, here's what I knew. I knew I needed a rhema. I, I needed to know the word to speak that would lift me out of the water. Would make me walk on the water. Because I was being attacked in my body and in my mind, and, in, and I, I like felt a physical uh, presence actually on my chest, and so I said to my wife, it was like two o'clock in the morning or something, two or three in the morning, and I said, Melody, uh, I need you to pray for me. And she came, and she said, I just command that to go in the name of Jesus. That has to get off your body. But do you know, uh, I don't normally like to tell this, but it's okay, I'm in the middle of it now. So, <laughs> so what it seemed to me like was that there was something on my body and had its hand in my chest. And like at the moment that that came on me, it was like all of a sudden, like you ever just felt fine and every, all of a sudden shh, symptoms just like surround you. So that's what it was like. But it was like this deep cough inside of my, and I had, I had no cough, like a deep cough inside my chest. And when she did that, it was almost as if you could see a little demonic type of creature had its hand in my chest and it went over to the side and kind of like under the bed but left its arm in my chest and then smirked like this. <laughs> and my wife just, you know, I'm not trying, she's so wonderful and so patient with me. She's like, you can tell any story on me, it's fine. So I'm watching this happen and she, she goes into the other room and I was like, babe, 
And it was like when she spoke those words, she spoke them and she was firm on it, but for me it was almost like they were not words that weren't fully filled. So anyhow, I'm laying on the bed and, I, and I'm realizing this and I had never like had this type of experience before and I'm kind of like, what is going on? And at that point, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm like, I, I gotta have, I need some words. I, I need to speak something. I know, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I could say by his stripes I'm healed, but that's not it. You know, I'm like, I'm searching, going through all the scriptures I know. And so I said, Lord, Father God, I need Give me the words I'm supposed to speak. I know there's some words I could speak right now that'll change the situation. I don't know what they are. What? Give me the words. And so uh, all of a sudden, and it wasn't even like um, John 3.16, you know, here, here's the scripture. It was, this is what rose up in my spirit. I am not under the dominion of the authority of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the authority of the king of the son of his love. That was the word. That's what had the anointing on it. But you know what? When I first spoke it, I just said, it came up like this. Uh, you know, like the, the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. It's like an inward witness, still small voice. So it came up like this. I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of the authority of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the authority of the son of his love. And once I said that, once that came out my mouth, then all of a sudden, I had, it's like if you had a, if you could see like a cross section with different colors, maybe like 10 levels. I had like, well, it was probably like 25 levels. So I had like come up a level. So I had a little more strength. So then I said a little bit with a little more strength inward, from, from inward part, inwardly. And I said, I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of the authority of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the authority of the son of his love. And then I got a little more strength after I said that. In other words, you ever see when they build the road out there, if they're starting over or starting fresh or a brand new road, then what do they do? Well, they bulldoze uh, all the topsoil away. They test the soil, make sure it's going to be good and solid. They get down to good, solid soil. And then they'll have to bring in like a bunch of uh, rock and then they'll bring in gravel and then they'll, well, before they do that, they'll like vibrate the soil so they get it good and firm. And then they bring in the, the bigger rock and then they bring in the little rock and then they vibrate that again so it's nice and firm. So they have like a layer of regular ground and then a layer of big rock and then a layer of little rock and then they'll have like a layer of asphalt or concrete and if it's asphalt, then they'll put another layer of asphalt. So you're going layer after layer after layer. They're building a road that's strong enough to haul heavy stuff down. Yeah. And so when we, speak, when we speak the word of God, we are building a road. As E.W. Kenyon said, confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Yeah. So my faith was speaking until all of a sudden, I am yelling at the top of my lungs. And my daughter is like, what's going on? <laughs> she woke up. But you know what? By the time I got up to that level there, which probably was, I just probably did it for 10 minutes, but I did it constantly for 10 minutes. Every symptom was gone. Just. <clears throat> but you know what? I could have said, well, we prayed and we spoke. You, you, you cannot separate acting in faith, living by faith from being led by the Spirit of God. 
You can't. It doesn't happen. Do you know why? Because your faith is not in a book. Your faith is in God. And the words of this book were written by God's spirit. Holy men of old uh, spoke and wrote as they were moved by the spirit of God. So this is a Holy Spirit book. And so when you're living by faith or walking by faith, uh, you have to find out, okay, Lord, which way do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You know, my favorite story along those lines is that um, uh, couple, uh, pastor and his wife, that were on vacation and they're headed home and uh, they're staying at a hotel. And, uh, you know, she's finishing up some things in the bathroom. He had all the bags in the car all packed, ready to go. And he's just waiting on her to finish whatever she was doing. And... Um, so, you know, they spoke the word of God, you know, over their trip and said, you know, I don't know exactly which word they spoke, but I would say like, no accident will overtake us, no evil befall, befall us in the name of Jesus. And they head down the road. They, not very far down the road at all, they go, they come up to a curve. Coming up on that curve, there's this accident, but the, it was, he was going so fast, he wasn't speeding, but the speed limit was such, with the accident there, he couldn't stop in time. He killed someone in the process of hitting another car, hit the other car, killed a person, and then his wife was seriously critically injured in the hospital. They were telling Brother Hagin about this afterwards. And the minister said, well, we had something on the inside. It seemed like we we're supposed to wait 10 minutes, but we knew we spoke the word, so we'll just go because we're people of faith. Well, he didn't realize how ignorant his statement was. Why? Because faith is trusting God and what he's saying and faith is always right now. So of course we have divine protection. But, uh, you know, would you like to go out on the Empire State Building and say I have divine protection and jump out the window and say the Lord's going to protect me? Why? You have a promise in the word of God. You know why? That same promise that most people use, Psalm 91, it talks about those that fear God. In other words, you stand in awe of God. His power, you reverence him. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, have faith in God. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Well, that means you're looking to God. So in every circumstance, in every moment, you have to act just like Jesus acted. And he said, I'm only doing and saying what I see my father do and say. My life is totally dependent on him. So faith is a daring decision for God. It's turning from things of the world and from your own strength. It's a confident decision for God. And it contains within itself uh, suppressed temptation. That's a dictionary way to say it. Everybody's like, what? That means when you're acting in faith, you are by definition suppressing temptation. You're not giving in to temptation. You're tempted to do all this stuff. What do you do? No, you act in faith. So it's important when you're acting in faith that you are believing God and you're not so focused on all this other stuff like, okay, I gotta do this and do this. No, no, the point is, you release all this other stuff and you turn to God. And when you turn to God, it's really easy to release all that other stuff. 
But when you're turning and facing all that stuff, it's really hard to grab hold of God because you, you got hold of all this other stuff. And so faith is simply the word of God prevailing over all other evidence, sense evidence. That means the word of God is, is, is coming higher than all of these other things and all of these other thoughts. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter four. We'll finish at Romans chapter four. We'll start with verse 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law works wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed and not to that only which is of the law, but also that which is of the faith of Abraham. I love that. So that's not just of the uh, Jews, but that's also us who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Yes, I could, the, the all left my Bible. <laughs> mm. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief will make you a little tipsy. <laughs> but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You know, like that night in the bed, or early that morning, I guess, in the bed, I grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. I am not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the son of his love. What am I doing? I am actually declaring with my mouth that what the devil is bringing my way, that I am cutting off or severing that connection because I'm speaking in line with the word of God. And I am declaring that this is what I'm under. I'm not under this, I am under this, even though I feel like I'm under this. It feels like and it seems like the battle is lost. And so if I go by those feelings, well, then I'll just wonder. I'll think, well, I don't have enough faith or uh, I don't know what happened or God doesn't love me or, you know, all different kind of thoughts that generally are based on your personality, how you can be manipulated by the devil. <laughs> But no, I turn away from the feeling by um, hearing from God and acting on what I heard. So now I'm gonna now I'm gonna I'm gonna put it put it out there. Because once those words are out there, those words are working. So sometimes you have to speak words into the atmosphere, and it's not necessarily for the physical person that's standing there, but it could be so that you're making a declaration before heaven, hell, and earth. And when you put those words out there, if they are the word of God, and they're words that you believe, well, Jesus said you'll have whatever you say. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. 
so you put your words out there. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither dead in Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. One translation says, grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. It says, he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. You know, I, I told you a few weeks ago, when I looked up the word confession in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it was pretty much the same thing. But what was interesting about when I looked it up was that it meant two things in the Old Testament, two things in the New Testament. It meant confession of sins and giving thanks or praising God. Actually, Hebrews says, uh, giving uh, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Literally, it's uh, making homologio to his name. Confession to his name, a lot of people will, will uh, translate it. Well, why is that? Because of what we've been talking about this whole service. Because you're, you're turning away from all this other stuff and saying, I am not under the dominion of this stuff. I'm under the dominion of this stuff. What does it do? You're giving glory to God. So you know what? You can sometimes, I just do it how I'm led by the Holy Ghost, but you can a lot of times bypass this step and just say, Father God, I want to thank you that I am redeemed and my body is redeemed and these symptoms are alive from the pit of hell and I don't believe them. Even though it feels in my body like I'm going down, wherefore I believe God. And you stand firm and solid. Well, the only way you can stand firm and solid is if you're standing on the word because faith is the substance or the solid ground. Your faith of what you hope for. So you hope for well body. You hope for provision. You hope for relationship. You hope for uh, clarity. You hope for wisdom. Well, put your faith out there. You know, I used to read that scripture in James where it says, uh, let him that uh, lacks wisdom ask. But then you read the, the, right after that, but don't make sure he's not doubting because he'll be like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. So when I first read that, that, that I recall and, and understood it a little bit, I... Um, I couldn't ask for wisdom without doubting, so I didn't want to say it because I knew my words would make a difference. If you look in your own life, you'll notice that you actually believe in the power of your words way more than what the devil would want you to ever realize. So you're like, I would never say that. <laughs> like, before we came out here, I was, I was uh, talking with Pastor Mark, and he said to me, I, I just made a, we were praying about what church to go pastor, and there was a church in the south, and, um, and I just made a comment. I just meant it to be like a little funny comment, but he got real serious. <laughs> so I just said, I said, well, I said, it's, it's really hot down there. <laughs> and man, he looked me in the eye. I wish I could look every one of you in the eye the way he looked me in the eye. But he looked me in the eye, he's about sitting behind his desk, he's like just a few feet from me, and he said, don't close your eye, Jessica. He said, <laughs> he said, I don't know who to point to, I'll point to Mary. He said, I never 
make a decision based on natural surroundings or money or lack of money. I am always led by the Spirit of God. And he said it about that boldly. I said, me too. You know. <laughs> but you know, his words built a road. Not only for me, well, only, only for me if I act on him and say the same thing, to be honest with you. But they built a road for him. Sometimes you're saying words for, other pe- for yourself and other people think that they're for them. But you're not like, no, I, I'm just declaring this. I don't know what he was thinking at the time. You know, but he could have been thinking like, yeah, I don't like it hot down here either. <laughs> so what, what would you do if you had that feeling? You speak. You know, and so my, my scripture I love to speak is if you look at the confessions of Jesus, the first confession you run across in Matthew of Jesus that Jesus made that I could find is he said, you know, they're saying, okay, Jesus, let's go get some food. Let's get you some food. And he said, my meat or I meditate on that, so I'm like, my meat, what is that? That's my provision, my food, what sustains me. So here's how I say it. If I'm ever tempted, like, you just don't want to be someplace or do whatever, I say, what sustains me is to do the will of God and finish his work. Do you know what? Before I say that, you feel like quitting. After you say it, you feel like, I'm just going to stand. Oh, that's kind of weird. There we go. I'm just going to stand. Why? Because I actually believe that, but it's not really active form until I speak it. And now it's like I built a road, and now I can walk on that road. Hallelujah. Let's stand. every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning or watching online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never received him. There is new life and that life is is awesome. And that life from Jesus sets you free from all the strivings of people, even your own strivings. The life that Jesus brings actually offers you freedom from every disease freedom from hell itself freedom from poverty that you live the redemption life the abundant life if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ you've never encountered his life I want to invite you to receive Jesus here this morning if that's you just slip up your hand we'll pray with you and pray for you If you're here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, there is an experience after salvation that Jesus spoke of where he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he said, don't go anywhere without this. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you. If that's you and you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, slip up your hand and I will pray with you and for you and Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you have spoken. Thank you, Father, that you spoke words so that we could be saved. That you spoke words so that we could become your children. That you spoke words so we could live healthy and uh, provided for and free. Father, thank you that you spoke words 
so that we don't have to live under a cloud of depression and a cloud of despair. That you spoke words so that we could live life with real life. Father, that we could go through our time on the earth in the realm of time full of your expectation, full of your life, full of your nature. Father, that your love within us can flow through us, can dominate every situation. That we're set free from the kingdom of darkness and the authority of that kingdom. Because now we've come into your kingdom, the kingdom of light. Father, we thank you. You are so good and your mercy endures forever. Your mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Let's just take a moment right now and worship the Lord with the fruit of our lips, giving praise to his name, thanks to his name. Father, we thank you. You're a good God. All of your ways and all of your thoughts, your dealings with us, Father, that you deal with us as children, as those that you love that you have set your love upon us. Father, thank you. Thank you for buying us back and bringing us out of, out of the power of the enemy, that you brought us into your kingdom. You are good. Thank you that you're not evil, but you're a good God, that your plans are not evil and not to hurt us, but to help us and to strengthen us and to give us a hope and a future. Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding that you'd give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you, knowing you in your love, knowing you in your power, knowing you in your strength, knowing you in your freedom and your provision and every aspect of you. Father, that we become more and more acquainted with you each and every day. Oh, Father God, you are a good God. Hallelujah. We are the children of God. He is our Father. He deals with us as His loved, precious children. He makes a way where it seems like there's no way. He gives us streams of water in the desert rivers in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 All right, let's just end with a shout. I like Wigglesworth said, no man can doubt if he'll learn to shout. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. He is my father. He takes care of me. He is on my side. I'm on his side. So he does provide. He's my very own father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Well, God is good. And all the time, God is good. You know, if you just went this week and you just kind of like muttered all week, meditated all week, man, you're a good God. You're good. Every time I turn around, you're doing something good. You're so good in my life. You're good in the morning and you're good at night. You're good at lunchtime. You're good at dinner time. You're good when I'm sleeping and you're good when I'm awake. You know what that would do? You just, whoo. I mean, God gave Oral Roberts a revelation of the goodness of God. He said, God is a good God. And at that time, that was like not heard of. God is a good God, and he's good to me. Say that with me. God is a good God, and he's good to me. God is a good God, and he's good to me. God is a good God, and he's good to me. God is a good God, and he's good to me. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great week, and uh, enjoy the goodness of the Lord.